don't know why we ever question ourselves. We're right about everything. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Hey, Mr. Uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a Listen, shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I do. constant debate going through my head over which is the best Iron Maiden album. Oh, yeah? And it's been going on for like 20 years. <laughs> and what's it down to? It's either Peace of Mind or Killers. Yeah. I am not an Iron Maiden fan. Really? Well, I like their music, yeah. but yeah. I've never really listened to They're one of my much. all-time favorite bands. They have been since I was a kid. The only album I had was Killers, which was with before Bruce Dickinson, their old uh, singer, Paul Diano, um, who was like a little more of like a punk rock singer. Mm. He didn't didn't have the metal falsetto and stuff that Bruce Dickinson had. Yeah. And so I'm kind of notorious for being into like the not cool era of bands. So like my favorite Kiss, an- uh, Kiss album was Animalized, like after they had the makeup off. I was like, oh, you like Kiss? And you're like, yeah, Animalized. And like, Really? Like, who listens to, who listens to not that? supposed to who like that them album without the But it's the one I grew up with, you know what I mean? So yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I lived in a small town. I didn't know what was cool and what wasn't. But um, our... Uh, like the first dude you kissed, then, you know, everyone else after that is, you know, you're always comparing them <laughs> exactly, to, exactly. to her. So, Killers, Peace of Mind, those rotate out of number one all the time. Most, uh, your average Iron Maiden fan would probably say uh, Peace of Mind. Or Power Slave. I was playing in a band that uh, we had a Fender endorsement. Uh huh. And the instrument. The instrument, yeah. Not the car part. Not the car part. And he goes, All right, what do you want? I'll send it out to you. I'll send it out to you on tour. It'll be there at the show when you get there. I was like, Yeah, like, give me this, this P bass. Uh, he's like, What color? I was like, I don't, I don't really care. Just something normal. You know what I mean? And uh, give me, like, a Fender J bass with, like, this on it and blah, blah, blah. He's like, what color? Like, add none of the colors really matter. And um, I was like, oh, is there any way you can get me the Steve Harris signature P bass? He goes, <laughs> absolutely not. He's like, and you won't believe how many times I get asked that question when I talk to bands. <laughs> so I never got one. Just it's just like a they just won't make it for anyone else. I think there's such and they only made so many and there's such high demand and everyone asked for them and 
you know, we're probably a little lower down the totem pole than like the Foo Fighters and stuff. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who get right. whatever they want. Um, so got a new uh, review. Okay. Um, I was making sure it was complete. Yeah. So uh, five stars. Matt and Kelly are two real fellas sharing their views about this clown world. Out the door test in audio format. Huh. Their perspectives are thoughtful and make sense. Nice. I like the uh, call out for the out the door test. Is this one of those uh, reviews where it's just like praising our accolades and at the end they give us a three-star review? (laughs) (laughs) It actually sounds more like a review that one of our wives wrote, to be honest. But I'm actually sure it's not. This podcast (laughs) is a complete time suck. (laughs) Our tours to be done around here. Uh, I know it was real because our buddy reached out and sent me an email. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh, three points in the email. Okay. You, number point number one: you guys are awesome and are great to listen to while working. Okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Point number two: please make a Spotify playlist with all song openings and recommendations made in the show. Sounds like a lot of work. I could. I have all of the song openings, kind of, uh-huh. except maybe for the last four. Can we do that though? Just like make a playlist. Oh yeah, you can make a playlist. Make a playlist. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it might raise some eyebrows that we're stealing people's music to mm-hmm. create our intro, but uh, because we're doing it in a documentarian fashion, exactly, we are allowed to do so. Yes. So fuck off. Uh, however, not sure who you're angry at right now, but <laughs> this is completely hypothetical. Yes, this hypothetical musician who Enya, for example, coming for their money. She's <laughs> she's down. She says, "Go uh, use away, use yeah. away." <laughs> Second half of that, though, uh, for all song openings and recommendations made in the show, what, that, that would that? require listening, re-listening to every single episode. What do you mean recommendations? Like, uh, well, we talk about music kind of a lot. Oh, okay. Music, so, music recommenda- yeah, recommendations. Yeah, I believe okay, so. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought you meant like what to do with your life. I don't know how to so do that. If you're, if you're yeah. looking to us for that, we got. I'm not sure how to put that on Spotify. Um, and then the third point was he gave us work hard and stay in school. <laughs> he gave us a. Uh, let's say this without getting anyone in trouble. He gave us a link that is a workaround to certain uh, obstructions that you and I run into in doing our research. Mm-hmm. That ends up costing us a lot of money to how to get ammo. Uh, Not a background <laughs> check. <laughs> Child brides, actually. I'll just come uh, out and say okay. Yeah. All right. So, so that's useful. Uh, if you if you want the link, just go ahead and uh, email me and make sure you CC the FBI on that. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks. Anyone else uh, that or Patriot advice? Front? Oh, wait, yeah, those are the same people. Okay, never mind. Yeah, but you repeat yourself. Yes. If, uh, please leave us a five star review on Yield Podcast app, whichever one it is, and. Uh, if we see it, we'll read it, even if uh, even if it's not 100% flattering. Mm-hmm. We're man enough to read it anyways. Exactly. Very uh, comfortable in my own skin at this age. Yes. Um, while we're at it, uh, if you would like to support the show with money, please go to Patreon. Become one of our valued subscribers there. Get yourself all sorts of perks, like T-shirts and stickers, and... Uh, pretty soon, we are going to be doing half of our shows on uh, for Patreon supporters only. We'll let you guys know when that kicks off. 
You can also go to our website, libertytreelifestyle.com, and buy a t-shirt or some flip-flops or... Uh, I get more conversation starters slash compliments on the Liberty Tree shirts when I wear, when I wear them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mostly the, uh, the radicalized one. Oh, really? It seems to be a hit with whenever I wear it around. I don't have that one. It, oh. I haven't experienced the love. Yeah. I get a lot of compliments on the falling down shirt. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've seen. That one's cool. And we also have rash guards and stuff for uh, jujitsu, if you'd like to check that out. And one of our rash guards is the, uh, it's a short sleeve rash guard, and it's the white shirt that Michael Douglas's character wears with the tie on it and the pocket protector. But then on the back, it has this really cool image of him. I'd never, because you guys, I'm not part of the t-shirt thing. I'll just text you like, here's an idea. And then you guys either do it or don't. And then you guys kind of handle that, the other part of Liberty Tree. I didn't know that that one was in the works. I saw it in the gym for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, dude, that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a, that might be my favorite Yeah, one it's pretty good. Done. And uh, I thought, when I first brought it into the gym, I was a little nervous because I don't mind that the, the tie that's on it, and by the way, the tie is not just a straight tie, it's kind of... It's taken right from the movie. Disheveled. It's a little disheveled, like yeah. like he is throughout the whole movie. Right. And so I had to get a, uh, I was just like sampling it to try out the different uh, sizes and the quality of it. And it's actually, the quality of those short sleeve rash guards is, the it's like the best that I training shirt to. that I've ever yeah. had. I have the, uh, what is it, the dark camo one. Yeah. I can't believe, like, the quality of that thing. I know. And I'm just, not just saying this They're because good. I, I profit personally from people buying this. No, but, it is. Well, we, we I was blown away. It's because I have, I've ordered a lot of, like, name brand rash guards and, like, the stitch, they're super thin material. They're probably yeah. Chinese knockoffs. Yeah. And the stitching comes out, and I was like, God dang it. I'm so tired of spending money on this, and this thing's, like, garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice and thick. I like that. I, that's one thing that... I'm, we always try to do is get good quality stuff, which is why we have to order samples to see if it's any good. Yeah. But that short sleeve one, the, the falling down one with the tie on it, I'm not afraid of wearing a shirt that has the like the fake tie on it. It's, yeah. It's kind of silly, but yeah. I don't care. But I was a little bit nervous that uh, other people wouldn't you know be so into it. But uh, I had to bring. I ordered a medium and a large just so I could see right. how they fit. The medium fit me, and so I gave the large to Phil mm-hmm. and he rocks that thing all the time. Yeah. I always people say, always it. talk about it. And then Ryan, who was on our show, he wears his all the time. Yes. And he was, people were asking him where they could buy it. And he was, you know, it was awesome. It was like, just so, like we planned. There's something beautiful about seeing, you know, someone like Phil or, you know, especially Ryan, I was watching him uh, a while back of wearing something kind of tongue in cheek and goofy and just like folding a heavy bag in half with his kicks. And yeah, his Muay Thai being a complete <laughs> assassin. <laughs> Still just got that big smile on his face. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go check that stuff out. Uh, you know, uh, we have a promo code. Let's see. Use the, uh, I think it's Insta 10 for 10% off. There you go. You're welcome. Nice. Um, dude, I got a lot of feedback from our last episode. Really? That we did. I got a lot of feedback from the one before that, too. People, so... It was, the necrophilia segment? Yes. People yeah. just can't stop talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of sick people out there. I know. What are you going to do? No, the, uh, having Eddie on, um, and we were talking about Hotez, 
and I got some feedback on that too. It, yeah, it was yeah. like it was Hotez and uh, Kennedy, right? That was kind of the the, the debate that you know Hotez sparring that's going back and forth right now. Yeah, that, that via Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, correct. And it, it's been a uh, a pretty big deal, and shockingly so. I didn't really when that when that first happened, it just seemed like kind of well, like everything that's a big deal on Joe Rogan. It's a big deal for a minute, and then mm-hmm. it's not. This right. thing seems like it's got some legs. It keeps growing and growing. Well, it is because it's indicative of, of something. Yes, it's. I think people are waking up to the fact of like, there's a lot of math that just doesn't add up, right? And the COVID pandemic is, was the catalyst, you know, for a lot of people going like, I really got to start rethinking the information I'm taking in and the people I'm getting it from, and I think. That became indicative of this entire paradigm. There's so many people. We always say, like, we try to talk about, like, the bright sides of the pandemic. I'm like, I think it just woke, like, a lot of people up. I definitely galvanized people that were kind of already there. And it's like, I have a, you know, a natural inclination of distrust of authority and the, the media complex and the, you know, big pharmaceutical companies, which apparently is a a wild right-wing position all of a sudden. But I think the Joe Rogan thing, it became, it's important for the conversation for what they're actually saying, but I think it's indicative of just that kind of larger thought process that I think a lot of people are going through right now. Yeah, I kept getting texts from people saying like, uh, well, like our buddy Anthony, who's been the right. guest on the show, yeah, uh, he he and I were texting back and forth a bunch since that came out because he he hadn't listened to the episode, uh-huh. but he just out of the blue was uh, like our episode of the RFK episode. He hadn't Joe listened Rogan. to our episode. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, now he listened to Joe Rogan. Um, I, I keep finding that that more people are listening to Joe Rogan than us. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, what are you gonna do? Um, it is the most popular podcast <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Guys are friend, you'd think. Whatever. Um, he was saying that he just, I think out of the blue, reached out and was just like, hey, what do you think of uh, RFK Jr.? Mm-hmm. I was like, and I just told him kind of, you know, what we've talked about on the podcast yeah. a lot. I guess basically to sum it up, just uh, I think he is a Good on anti, some stuff and yeah. bad on the other stuff. He's an anti-establishment candidate um and they're going to ruin his life yeah over that um but he doesn't care and he really truly seems like an anti a principled anti-establishment character right unlike bernie sanders which we we talked about who um i don't think anthony got what i was saying there but um i was saying like bernie sanders you know kind of checked his principles at the door once he was right. in, he endorsed Joe Biden and, and yeah cuz people think it started becoming more pro war yeah and, because i we, you know we we know a lot of people that are edgy <laughs> they think they're edgy like bernie's going to like shake up the systems like why does he keep voting us into wars yeah <laughs> like why would he support we could Joe start Biden. with that <laughs> yeah so uh he but anyways we had this long back and forth and he was telling me like you are the only person that i've texted with whose response wasn't um like like complete revulsion to rfk uh-huh like that that just he's obviously he might as well be a right-wing you know white supremacist as a democrat right yeah which historically if you look at the history of the democratic party it kind of makes sense <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the <laughs> math doesn't point. work out actually but <laughs> and i just thought like God damn, like that story really has some legs. Like this thing with RFK, he is um you have to it's 
it's funny because you you have to look at the world. You have you only have a few ways to look at the world. If you lived on a mountaintop and never came into town and didn't have any communication with anybody, you wouldn't know anything about anything, mm-hmm. right? So how do you know stuff? Well, you have to hear people talking about it. You have to see videos about it. You have to be given that information right. some way. The, the normal way that everyone gets that information is through the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, if that's the only way that you get it, then yes, your reaction would be RFK Jr. is a total wingnut science denier. Right. Um, what else do they say about him? Uh, whatever, just hack. Yeah. Right? And... What's happening is he's actually leading in a lot of polls. Yes, he is. So how is that happening? Well, it's like there's this the, – the fog that is created by the mainstream media is clearing, and you're able to see through the bullshit more and more. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the most interesting thing that's happening right now because maybe three years ago it would just get buried and that would be it. You know, he would be like um, just any uh, – who is uh who's the candidate that ran for the libertarian uh, nomination? Joe Jorgensen. No, 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 the one uh, that we voted for. Uh uh something I can't remember his name, but the the guy that uh, Jacob Hornberger. Hornberger. Right. Nobody would ever know who he was. He's right. just too small time. Even though he's the most principled, you know, he's just too small time. 3 years ago, RFK Jr., even though he's more well known, would be like that. Like mm-hmm. it would just be pigeonholed into this this thing that yeah. you would never be able to see through and you would never know who he was they would react differently they wouldn't they would ignore him mm-hmm. which is what they should be doing right but what's happening now is that the mainstream media is losing grip of the zeitgeist they're they're unable to really control things they anymore absolutely are. so instead of just ignoring rfk jr which would probably be a better move if they're trying to get people to not know about him yeah they're going on this full frontal attack yeah. And trying to just take him out. And it's having the opposite effect. It's like this turning point in a media war mm. that's characterized by things like Tucker Carlson being fired. Right. And the other libertarian show, the only libertarian show on Fox News, Kennedy being fired. Right. And all of this, uh, Joe Rogan becoming like just sensationally. If you mention the, the, the word, if you, say the, if you say the words Joe Rogan, people. You know, mm-hmm. walk, uh, around here, we'll just roll their eyes. Like, oh, fuck. that's one of the things Anthony said. A, a mutual friend of ours, he said that he He's, he has he mentions Joe Rogan, and he has this speech about well, that that doesn't actually say anything. Well, or just says that he he has major problems with Joe Rogan, but won't actually say why. Yeah, won't articulate what they actually are. Mm-hmm. I think that something that I we, mean, I have problems with Joe Rogan too, but I yeah. I could tell you what they are. Yeah, I rarely listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. I listen to that episode because I wanted to hear what RFK had to say. I think you're also kind of lending credence to something that we talk about quite a bit. We're watching the death roll, the literal death roll of the traditional media complex, which is mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And the way that I think about it, I've been thinking about that a lot this week after that episode that we listened to, is that taking in mainstream media, we always say like real news comes with homework. Like if you really need, if you really want to look at an idea and figure out what it's about, like you have to do some homework. And most mm-hmm. people, 80% of people are not going to do that, right? And they're going to, you know, the people that do are going to do that on a varying gradient, right? You know, only fucking weirdos like you and I like sit there and read and read and read and Actually, text articles yeah. back and forth and read. And, and uh, 
and you wait for the like an idea to bubble the surface, which is the beauty of being apolitical and not belonging to any group. You're like, I have, I, I don't go into this with like any specific like I, I haven't been told what my marching orders are. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going into this and. We walk out our front door, like, is this a good idea or a bad idea? And watching the death roll of the traditional media complex is why they are demonizing and coming so aggressively after people like, I don't know, your Tucker Carlson or your Joe Rogan or any, like, alternative media platform. Because if you think about it like this, make the metaphor that taking in CNN and MSNBC and, you know, Fox and, like, all, all these programs, it's the equivalent for your brain. It's the equivalent of nutritionally eating fast food all the time. Yeah. It's like, I don't have time to cook. I don't want to like look it up. I don't want to like make, read a recipe. I don't want to read the ingredients on the box. I don't want to spend a bunch of time. I don't want to like make sure I get like this organic, this, and this is locally sourced this. And I, I know that's the best thing for my body and, you know, and for my health, I don't have time to do that. Like I just, I need food now and I don't want to think about it. I want to get back to, you know, watching the view or whatever it is. And you think about, Taking in mainstream media is the exact same. That's the equivalent of that for your brain. Right. It's like I don't. I don't want to think about. It. Just tell me what yeah. I'm supposed to think. Just and someone that's else what do mainstream it for media me. Is. Right. Correct. Right. I, I don't even need it fast. I just need someone else to do it. Yes. Just, and, I, and I think this is like what you know. We talk about statism as religion all the time. I think this has such a large part of it. It's like people once they have it, they have adopted that template as their lifestyle, and then anyone pushes up against it. An mm-hmm. RFK, a Joe Rogan. For example, you know, uh, your Dave Smith, you know, all and oh shit, <laughs> man down, man down. <laughs> and it's now that alternative media or independent media, like all your podcasts and everything, are just getting more and more and more popular. And you have some guy, you know, uh, Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown, you know, doing a podcast out of his, you know, bedroom in his house. And is getting more views and more listens than this highly produced, like, giant industry product, you know, known yeah. as CNN, for example, or the Don Lemon show. And they're freaking out. I think yeah. this is why you're getting such an aggressive pushback against people doing these kinds of things. God, that's such a great parallel that you made, like, with the, with the food. Because right. the big, big corporations tend to demonize their competitors, mm-hmm. right? And if you can do it in your own backyard... Yes. That's like the least, uh, that's the biggest enemy. Yep. So growing your own food, growing your own eggs, not culling your chickens when they have the bird flu or don't have the bird flu. <laughs> like, hello. Um, your chickens are sick. They don't look sick. Trust us, they're sick. Yeah. Uh, make you sure you get your booster. Get your vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when we were reading over the what the uh, CDC said about the bird flu, uh-huh. Stuff. Do you remember that when I pulled up like their recommendations on bird flu, and they were saying like, well, it, it's not really, it can't really affect humans. Mm-hmm. Um, their last recommendation was you should get your flu shot. <laughs> <laughs> After just saying it doesn't affect humans. Oh, bless their. You hearts. remember that? God. So that's up there with uh, what was there a hurricane on the East Coast and Joe Biden coming out and saying like your best chance against. If you're in an area that's getting hit by a hurricane, is to make sure you're vaccinated. Come on. Were we talking about that? I don't remember us. Like, you just got to shoot Wait, There's hurricane vaccines? No. No, the COVID vaccine. Uh. If, you're, you're, if your town's getting hit by a hurricane, you should have be vaccinated for COVID. And that reminded me with Peter Hotez, you know, as we were talking about 
He's just like, no, I don't exercise. I don't believe in vitamins. No, I don't exercise. Uh, yeah, I'm a junk foodaholic. Uh, you should get your vaccines, though. I'm all, it's kind of a, it's kind yeah. of a left turn. sector <laughs> nowhere. Yeah, so it's it's been interesting. I'm it's I feel like we're at this turning point in uh, in the world. I hope we're right. I hope I'm right. Um, I do think that the uh, the beast that is the state is not going to go down without a fight. Obviously, but nope. it does seem like um, it this this story at being so big and like lasting as long yeah. as it is, and just stirring up all this stuff about debate and. Um, the don't debate me bros and the debate, you know, it's yeah. really interesting just how much people are reacting to this. Um, I love that. Uh, it's guardian article that James sent us. Which one is that today this is an opinion piece. A far right conspiracy theory is always a far right conspiracy theory, irrespective of whether or not it's actually true. <laughs> oh, this is by Mariana spring. Listen to the fucking grammar in the, Oh my God. What is wrong? We have we have created a generation of just idiots. So it, hold on, no, no. Okay. Let me read this again. Okay. Listen okay. to the grammar in this headline. Okay. A far right conspiracy theory is always a far right conspiracy theory, irrespective of whether it's actually true or not. <laughs> irrespective, you don't have to say or not afterwards. Irrespective <laughs> means or not, dummy. Where did you get your education? And then she says the subtitle, in fact, the more true it is, the more far-right conspiracy theory it is. Uh, can't be real. Is this real? I'm this trying to wrap my head real. around this. That's what the settled science says anyways. This can't be true. Now, hey. I'm looking at it. It says settled science TM. Damn it. I hate when I fall for that shit. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> Which reminds me, I was thinking about that one that you sent uh, recently, um, the Facebook ad about uh, minor attracted persons. I, dude, I sent that very skeptically. Was it true? I have no idea. Oh. Yeah. I am not typing in uh, <laughs> ped- pedophilia into a dildo search. <laughs> How to find child prostitutes. Ah, shit, stupid spell correct. <laughs> I'm on enough lists as it is. <laughs> So when I saw that headline and when I saw the Facebook ad, which was basically soft peddling pedophilia, I don't know if that might have been a haiku haiku right there. Soft peddling peddling soft porn. Yeah, it was supposed to be an ad uh, for Pride Month saying that pedophilia is just another way, it's another version of gender or whatever. It's another form of... Pedophilia is love or something. Pedophilia is love, yeah. It's horrible. Which, which is like one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. And you have to look at it. It's just, you see, yeah, pedophilia is a natural sexual orientation. And supposedly that's an ad that ran on Facebook during Pride Month. And, and it, the, what makes it worse, it's a picture of two people holding hands. One of them is about a seven year old girl, and the other one is a yes. grown adult. Man. But you see that. Here's, here's, What's here's God. what's so perplexing about Clown World is I saw that I'm like, dude, that is rough. That is that I'm literally like sick to my stomach right now. Like that is that's really rough to see. And you go like, this could be totally fake. It could be completely true. Mm-hmm. And it's everything has gotten so ridiculous that I'm like, I have to entertain, you know, 
I see stuff from the Babylon I, Bee. I was like, I could see this being true in six months. I was thinking that too about this very ad that I was thinking, God, it, it might not be true and it's just someone making fun of the clown world that we're in because it, it is so easily believable. Right. But it kind of adds, if, if you made this ad, you're adding to the problem. Yeah. It's in the same category for me as the fake vaccine cards. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just, because this is also contributing to normalizing pedophilia yeah even though it's horrifying and ridiculous and just like i can't barely look at it yeah it's just one more kind of like axe swing away at the at the trunk of western civilization right because if you made this ad 10 years ago like it wouldn't have an effect it would be so outrageous people would lose their shit there'd be but now it's just kind of well that is kind of the world we're living in (laughs) right i mean that's what we all of our reaction to i showed it to to my wife, and she's like, no, that can't be true. Is that real? Whereas, like, 10 years ago, like, it would be no question right. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Where are, or So where are you on the... This on weird- pedophilia? <laughs> Anti. Anti? Okay, good. <laughs> all right. Let's continue the podcast, then. Okay. <laughs> uh, I always meant to ask you that. <laughs> Is, um, where are you on the... I think we've had this talk before with the vaccine cards, because my dad is in a medical facility yeah and i have to go out there and see him and i'm like i think i don't i can't keep track of like are they still on to that stuff well i made you like four fake vaccine cards you did and i appreciate it but that was an emergency like we were literally in an ambulance right you know heading to the emergency room i was like dude i got i have to i have to figure this out right Right. now but this is not an emergency and i was like i this is the debate that we've had with our buddy jake yeah he goes uh hey man fuck him like do, do the fuckery, forge it. You know what I mean? If they mm-hmm. want to make stupid rules, you know, go around it. And it's, I like, I'm always like going back and forth in my mind. I'm like, I, I don't want to play the game. No. Yeah. I see it like this. In the Soviet Union, um, it was, you know, that capitalism was illegal. Mm-hmm. So to have Levi jeans was impossible. Right. You couldn't buy them. Yeah. You had to have Soviet jeans. Mm-hmm. Right. But people would buy and sell them on the black market. And the powers that be in the Soviet Union obviously knew that was happening, Mm -hmm. but they turned a blind eye to it because they didn't have to crack skulls. Yeah. And the people got to have their genes. Mm -hmm. And it was this kind of like agreement, like, we're not going to bust you. You can have your genes, keep it on the DL. And everyone's happy, right? You get to have a little bit of your capitalism, right? And I feel like the vaccine card- We all know the system doesn't work, right? Exactly. (laughs) But it made it so that everyone just went along with the regime. Yeah. Because, well, at least we can, I mean, we can you still have your rights. You just have to have a fake vaccine card. I mean, it's yeah. not that big a deal. Like, let's just keep the system going. Everyone's happy. Yeah, I, fu- I fully understand that perspective, for sure. But in an emergency, obviously, it's, yeah, you do it. Um, but I don't, I just think it, it kind of justifies the whole process. It means that you're willing to play along with their stupid game. So another article that uh, our buddy James sent is, let's start with this. And this is from bah, 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 April 30th, 2021. I mean, there's articles all over the place. A company just released 150,000 genetically modified mosquitoes in the <laughs> United States. I told people this because we talked about this in the podcast. And yeah. I sprung this on you guys. I was like, did you know Bill Gates is funding a, a company that is going to... Uh, these genetically modified mosquitoes, two things. It is 
being done in an aid to wipe out the mosquito population. So I think the, the more not the, all the mosquitoes. What's that? Not all the mosquitoes. Yes, one species of the mosquito. Right. Right. That is the only one apparently that carries dengue fever and it's malaria. dengue fever and malaria is what they're trying to eradicate. And then Bill Gates uh, shoehorned in there like, what if these mosquitoes also carry the vaccine? Bill Gates, who also wants to, I told someone like Bill Gates wants to add vaccines into the food supply. Like, just telling about Appeal, the, the company <laughs> that that he funded to. Uh, and so you're like, well, where'd you hear that? I'm like, his Twitter account. He said we need to add vaccines to the food supply. So this guy is fucking a complete fucking maniac. So they talk about Bill Gates backed the biotech firm Oxitech. Mm-hmm. This is the company that released the mosquitoes in there. I believe in it's, Florida and I, California. Well, I found I found some varying information, but I believe the first test program was in Brazil. Actually, where yeah, it was but, Brazil. Okay, Brazil, where it's a little more of a problem, and that specific breed of mosquito uh, as far as they could tell they eliminated it down to like a 90 percent of the population or something like that so wait they oh they they were in brazil they reduced that that population by 90 percent supposedly well that's interesting because because i I was researching this also Mm -hmm. we were probably looking at the same articles but um the that mosquito only makes up four percent of the mosquito population Mm -hmm. in america Okay, in, in North America, right? I don't know what it was in Brazil before. Yeah, either do I. And if that if they reduced it by ninety percent, is that from its original population, or does that mean that it's only ten percent of the? All I can say countries? is that I'm looking at articles from CNN and NBC and weird news outlets that I've never heard of, and there is a wild discrepancy <laughs> in the numbers. You know, giving given on like what you see this from, but. But one thing that uh, everyone was simpatico on is the original program was in Brazil. It was to eradicate this specific uh, species of mosquito or whatever. 80s Aegypti. Okay. Very nice. <laughs> and that during this push or when they released these mosquitoes, Bill Gates was saying we need to add the vaccine into mosquitoes and then, you know, it could uh, – we wouldn't have to worry about like getting shots in arms anymore. Like, right. You just have yeah, to that was those. the yeah when he came out with that uh, flying vaccine uh, idea. Right. He just came up with it out of the blue. Happened to also be founding this startup that does mosquito bioengineering through Oxifarm or uh, Oxitech rather. Oxitech. And so then this is in 2021, and then just yesterday, articles start coming out. Um, is that Florida, they released these mosquitoes in Florida, 150,000 of them. And Florida just reported its first significant cases of malaria in 20 years. All of a sudden. Yeah. Like, why? why, Malaria? Why are we getting malaria in Florida? Same place where they released these mosquitoes, supposedly to fight malaria. Well, I'm hard-pressed to think that that's a complete coincidence. I was... I was thinking the same way, and then the more research I did, the more I was kind of disappointed that okay, like lay it on me that we weren't actually being totally manipulated by Bill Gates and his flying syringes. But um, I found this. This is from the Smithsonian. Um, not to say that we aren't, but there is 
some sort of plausible explanation for what's going on. So they released the mosquitoes in this one area of Florida that are supposed to, the only mosquito, this uh, Egypti mosquito, that's supposed to be able to spread malaria. And then, like you said, a bunch of cases broke out. Well, um, what happens is there's like 2,000 cases of malaria in the United States every year. 2,000? Yeah. Okay. But all of those cases come from people that got bit by a mosquito in another country. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that it has spread. Yeah. But, and so it's plausible to think that, well, in the places that the mosquitoes bit these people and spread malaria, they didn't have their experiment going on right. with these mosquitoes. Um, but at the same time, how is it that the state, the one state where we have this experiment going on, we're trying to limit this mosquito from spreading diseases which, that all which, of a sudden... Which are not a threat in the U.S. right now. No. We don't worry about dengue fever and malaria. In, in yeah, or the yellow US. fever or, or Zika even. Yeah. Right? And now all of a sudden we have the first cases of... The conclusion that I came from the, is... The year that, after they released those mosquitoes. The, yeah. That's, the conclusion that I came from, came away with it, with was, let's keep an eye on this. <laughs> because that is, like you said, quite the coincidence that all of a sudden, okay, now we're spreading malaria in Florida, in the state where they released these. And I couldn't find out if the, 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 the study area is the same as where the, the spreading was happening, but yeah. it is quite the coincidence. So, And this is coming from, so the guy that started this startup, Bill Gates, is also the guy who said that we can control the world's population with vaccines. With vaccines. We, right? can, so, we can get that number by, he never went, by 15% if we do a good to job. To my knowledge, he never went back and corrected himself or, or clarified what he was saying. Or the, he right misspoke. There. I was like, I would have made a correction on that. If he has said so, then please direct me to where <laughs> yes. that is because I haven't seen Show it. Show me where I'm wrong. So I'm sticking with the idea that he is trying to kill people, right? Not help people. So, so I looked at the article, and so when people say like, "Where are you getting this information?" Oh, by the way, I love that. Sorry to interrupt you, yeah, but I love I love that the title of this ar- article in the Smithsonian is first U.S. open air test of genetically modified mosquitoes deemed a success." clearly they were not measuring it by how many people contracted malaria (laughs) um when people ask like where are you getting this information i was like i start at like what my stereotype is for like what people like you that don't agree with me like what you guys read so i go to like cnn i find the article on cnn like yeah we're getting the first cases of malaria and then they interview a doctor right and they're like, let's get a like a medical professional on here. And look, I'm all Leanna Wynn. You guys went to Leanna Wynn, like vaccine insane enthusiast, uh, World Economic Forum <laughs> uh, collaborator. Uh, Leanna Wynn, the doctor that happened to witness the Boston bombing and also happened to be on um, the the shift, uh, the supervisor at the emergency room. You know, eight hours later when they were taking in the patients. I'm all really. Yes. Was she present? Probably, maybe a coincidence. Was she present in Dallas when they found the magic bullet <laughs> on the... <laughs> wow. Leanna Wynn that shared a cell with Jeffrey Epstein. That <laughs> Leanna Wynn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, by the way, the DOJ did a study. Um, Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. As a I result. saw yeah, that. I yeah. saw I guess, that. I guess we were wrong. It was just a total failure. Why don't he, we have that video? He had total e- failure he had of the, extra linens. I saw that. Yeah, that was so, the mistake they made. So my uh, and the guys fell asleep on their shift, and, and the cameras broke. Yeah, and, just uh, kind of a perfect. Storm. Yeah, the guy that just happened to have the dirt on all the most powerful people in the entire world. Um, yeah, so he, he will be missed. Whoops. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. So my coffee mug, Jeffrey Epstein, didn't kill himself. I guess I'm going to have to get rid of that. Or yeah. at least blot yeah, out. Yeah, scratch the out the... Right, yeah. yeah. And it's apostrophe too, T. It's, it's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. So it's just... When we see stuff like this, I just see it. I'm like, it's... You start to feel like you're going, like, a little crazy. I'm like, I... We were saying this two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, ten years ago, <laughs> you know, depending on what you're talking about. And then they, it just comes out, you know, the, the, the information or the official report or the news article comes out, and it either confirms what we were saying before, and we talk about this all the time. Then you go to the people who are like, so I was right about the thing. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember having a strong opinion on that, on wearing masks. I was like, uh, let me go through my text thread. Yeah, I like got, uh, got quite a bit here. Dude, look at this picture. I had a lot of strong thoughts on it. Look at this picture of this guy I took today. Crossing the crosswalk. This is in... Oh, oh wow. June of 2023. So he's got a mask on and a plastic face shield. Yes, a mask that's like... And pretty horrifically overweight, I might add. Yeah, he has a bullshit mask that's not doing anything and the face shield. By the way, did you see that uh, Hochul and the governor of New York Mm-mm. is considering reinstating mask mandates? I hope she does. Please. Be- because, please do it. Do you know why? No. Because of the wildfire the smoke white from supremacy? Canada. From oh, Canada. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is caused by white supremacy, of course. <laughs> so, so, this, so you are not allowed to make the adult decision of like, I, I'm willing to take you know, a little bit of damage to the lungs. I'm fine. Or the I air smoke. doesn't seem that bad. I smoke cigarettes. Yeah. But I have to, you're making me wear a mask. Yeah. I, I, but I can remove the mask to smoke, I imagine. Like, what the I'm fuck? at the point where I hope these people do these things because it just totally more and more people up. Totally. Yeah. Please do that it. That in the f- New York and their it's like letting, wood-fired, it's like wood-fired letting, oven ban. You hear about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw the uh, that guy throw pizza Onto the official building saying, like, give me pizza or give me death. Yeah, if you didn't see it, this guy was protesting the wood-fired oven ban in New York City by ordering a bunch of... They need to cut their emissions Really good-looking pizza. 70%, I think. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, they do. I mean, yeah. otherwise the world is going to burn up. Or yeah, it's going to end in, gonna, in uh, 2020, I believe. No, 2012. Oh, 2012. Okay. Yeah. That's what that autistic Swedish girl said. Yeah. What day? Yeah, check the old calendar. I don't know. I'm sure it's coming. Were you going somewhere with that in life or in this podcast? <laughs> well, we know the answer to the first question. I just I officially started vacation. I mean, <laughs> and it, which I'd never say because I I don't work in an industry where you know I request two weeks off. I just say like, hey, I'm going to leave town for a while, and uh, which I rarely do because I'm so busy all the time. And lately, I've been like busier than I ever have been. And uh, I, I, it just it skipped my mind entirely. Like I, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna knock off for the day. Like I got some stuff to take care of. I was like, 
man, I'm on vacation. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna be back here for ten days. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm not gonna be here for like a week and a half. <laughs> is everything squared away? Is is a very relaxing feeling. One second. All right. So, um, I didn't know much about the submarine that had sunk looking for the Titanic uh-huh. until my wife brought it up. Okay. And then some of the memes that you guys have been sending me made a lot more sense. Okay. Can I, ask, can I interject a question here? Please. Why were you not paying attention to it? Because I know I wasn't paying attention to it either. Uh, no reason. Okay. It just wasn't on my radar. Okay. You know, like I was talking about the guy on the mountain that's looking, right. you know, I just, it, that information didn't make it to me. I wasn't. Except, I, except through memes that you guys were sending me yep. and I had a submarine in it. And I wasn't even like. Which it, were incredibly cruel and funny. I, I would, I haven't gone back to look at him to see. I'm sure you're right. But I don't remember being like, so I get so much shit from you guys every yeah. day on, in our our text thread that I can't, it's not just you possibly everyone does all the time. I can't possibly keep up with it. So if I don't understand the meme, I just like move on. Right. Well, now I'm remembering there were submarines in those memes and it's like, ah, okay. This must've been according to this, but pertaining to the sub sinking, but I I didn't know about until the wife brought it up. So the reason why I was asking is that you do pay attention to a lot of shit. You and I are like constantly engaged and stuff. And and we're like, we, yeah. The amount that we text back and forth and on that group text, we're constantly like, check this out, check this out, check, look at this article. And then there's certain stuff. So like, but I get like, I get so inundated that I'm like, shut up. Yeah. But also like the submarine stuff, I'm like, this seems pretty Chinese spy balloonish. So I'm gonna, exactly. It just seems like a giant, like, and then it was even then, less than that. And then it, all it, the it, same patterns follow. It's like same people get outraged. Like, Oh, everyone's like worried about like a bunch of rich people on the sub. Like, you know what I mean? Of course, it's all like white people. Okay, well that's where. So that's where I was going with it. Is that what what made me start paying attention? Is that Gertrude was telling me how people were like celebrating the fact that the people had died on this sub, which is a very perverse way to live your life. And so I started looking into it, and then it was like, oh my god, yeah, like people are saying what you were saying about, well, why are we caring about these three rich or however many rich millionaires on this sub? We should yeah. be caring about all the people that drown every day. Like, And I just started I, – I was trying to kind of wrap my head around it. Well, here, let me uh, – Okay. If you don't believe me um, – I believe you. Uh, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Viewers at home. Here's our former President Obama talking about it. There is, there is a, a potential tragedy unfolding with a submarine that is getting, you know, minute-to-minute coverage all around the world. And it's understandable because obviously we all want and pray that those folks are rescued. Not all of us. But the fact that that's gotten so much more attention than 700 people who <laughs> sank is <laughs> Check the side that's, out a, everyone. <laughs> that's an Shut untenable up. situation uh and and 
you know, the, the notion that we can't do something about that is simply not true. It, okay, so give me the cliff notes of what his point was right there. He's saying that... I'm setting you up for something. Okay, he's saying that because uh, communism and Marxism is the way we should all be living, that we cannot value any one person's life over another. Everyone is 100% exactly equal, to which I would say, I give a shit more about the people in the submarine because they're more interesting people. Those migrants that are fleeing their countries for a better life, I have sympathy for them, but they have not done anything. And they're probably breaking the law by trying to get into this country. And they've probably made a really poor decision on getting on a boat that is obviously going to sink. Now, so wow. did these... That's not where I was going with this. So did these rich millionaires, by the way. <laughs> the more I look into it, like, this boat was... the submarine was obviously going to fail under the ocean. So they're idiots also. However... I find the story of the rich millionaires on the submarine looking for the Titanic to be a, just a much more compelling tragedy yeah. than this story of just a bunch of people that once again got on a shitty yeah. boat and, and drowned. I mean, my heart goes out to him. It really does. We, but, we had a running <laughs> joke. We were laughing out today. I was like, man, what's so funny is it just follows the same predictable pro, the, the same template, right? It's like, now they're getting outraged. It's like, well, we hate, they deserve to die. And then it says like, yeah, like, if it wasn't white people, like, no one would care about the sub. <laughs> we start laughing while, when you hear people say that and you look at their profile, or I've heard people say that in, in, in real life, you go, you don't know any black people, do you? Because every black guy I know, like, doesn't go in the pool. <laughs> and they're sure shit not getting on a submarine, as I am not either. If you said, like, you want to get in this tiny sub and go see the wreckage of the Titanic? Fuck no. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not getting into that thing. No. And then, would you? Fuck, dude, no. You couldn't pay me to get that thing. Hell no. (laughs) Which is always, like, the best part of these discussions. You know it was a carbon fiber submarine? Yeah. (laughs) And they (laughs) tightened the ratchets on it by hand. And even... They didn't even use a fucking (laughs) torque wrench. (laughs) (laughs) And even better is now we have, like, footage of the guy, what was the company called? Titan. The guy that ran Titan. The the, the submarine program goes... Well, when I originally started this project, uh, obviously you get a lot of like military guys coming to the surface. Oh yeah, they want to help out, and it's just it's a lot of like fifty year old white guys. I just find them uninspiring. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? I was watching a documentary with Junior the other night about the jet program and the the fighter program during World War II, and the men in the room that were coming up with the most like like highly advanced fighter planes, eventually jets, both on the Germans and the Americans. Yeah. Everyone in the room was a like silver-haired old engineer. <laughs> and they were on the cutting edge of like, creating these these amazing machines. Wait. And I was just imagining some some like woke CEO walking into the room and be like, no, no, no. There are way too many old white men in here. Let's bring in some young kids. <laughs> like my truth. <laughs> exactly. When you said a bunch of German scientists, I thought I'd talk about NASA for a second, but yeah. Uh, yeah, NASA. No, that's another st- story for another time. <laughs> but the point being that I talked about is like you look at these posts and these articles written by these like it's always suburban, like well to do white women. I was like, they say the most racist shit ever. It just goes over their head. They don't realize I'm like the you know, the bigotry of low expectations that they have. And you you read the stuff they say and you're just like 
do you not see that as like slightly racist is what you're saying? And it's like it goes they're like blind to it. There's that uh that Arnie that Arnie softball flying by your head. They don't have to worry about that. Yeah. They're never gonna get accused of racism unless they go against the machine like we were talking about earlier with RFK and you know, anyone that contradicts the what the mainstream narrative is. Just to take a quick side street, uh, are you aware of the Supreme Court decision that happened today? No. It's to um, not consider race in college ap- applications no longer. Oh, really? Yeah. Like ending affirmative action in ending, college. Ending affirmative, affirmative action, yeah. Wow. And this, I found this tweet this person said. That is so racist. Today's Supreme Court decision is this person is named Erica Marsh on Twitter. Today's Supreme Court decision is a direct attack on black people. No black person will ever be able to succeed in a merit based system, which is exactly why (laughs) action based programs were needed. Today's decision is a travesty. Wow. (laughs) Is that person white? It's a white woman. Oh, my God. Oh God! It's like, so, like you want to? I, I don't know. I don't engage in the. There is no meme good enough to show the irony there. I know. I don't. I don't take part in the digital ankle biting. But you, like, you want to tap on a shoulder? Like, you're not supposed to just say it yeah. like that. Let's uh, maybe before you hit send, kind of <laughs> think about what you wrote. Like, <laughs> I could I could copy and paste this and put it on like the KKK website. Yes. <laughs> no black people will ever be able to compete in a merit-based society. Let's just face it. I mean, you know what? Good job, guys. Cheers. Hey, we're good. <laughs> yeah. White women did it again. <laughs> wow. Man, so, um, yeah, is it all, is all of this stuff because we have lost our way? Is it the whole, is it the whole rich, or uh, excuse me, uh, strong men make for good times? Scenario yeah. that we're in this situation. Yes, I believe it. A is. great meme for that too, yeah. by the way. Um, Put it on the group text. I'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> or is it actually by design where we've ruined our school system and made kids dumber intentionally? By the way, I was listening to Gab McGinnis's show today. On that note, and he was talking. Somebody called in and said, "Like, what was it like being on Joe Rogan?" Which I guess it was a long time ago. Um, and and is no longer available on Spotify. He's one of the guys that got banned. Oh, really? Yeah, him and Alex Jones, you can't find those episodes anymore. No shit. Yeah. Darn it, because I was just about to go look it up, actually. Um, he said, I, I love Joe Rogan. He was awesome. He was a great guy. He said, every time I go to L.A., though, I feel like um, people in California don't know anything. And, like, I'll, I'll talk about... Um, what was he saying? Like about how uh, there's a, a an inbreeding problem with with uh, Muslims, and you know you t- say that to someone on the East Coast, and it's like, yeah, well, it's because you know in their religion, like um, it was okay for Muhammad to you know marry his cousin. It's just kind of this thing that goes back a while and blah blah blah. And, right. But on the East Coast, people are like, or on the West Coast, people are like, what? He's like, I walk around. It's I feel like I'm a genius walking around in California. <laughs> And I, not to call myself a genius, but I do kind of know where he's coming from because I went to school, elementary school, mostly on the East Coast. Right. I learned more there than, I, I went to really good schools, yeah. I'm finding out. I learned a lot. 
and when I came, like, went to school in Ferndale, like, Ferndale's not known for its academic excellence. I'm not sure if you're aware. Uh, I got to push back on you. Is when I was in junior high, so seventh, eighth grade, it was, there was a category of schools in California that was known, I, I'm not going to remember it, but we got a bunch of extra funding because, like, you guys are known as a, an exceptional school. And they, but they took that money and bought these things called Ollie workbooks. This is interesting to no one except for me. <laughs> and it was just the bullshit. Like it was just the most prolific waste of a budget you well, could ever get. Where did that award come from? State of California. Okay. Uh, okay. So what? They, they gave themselves one of these. All right. All right. All things being real. Here's my here's my anecdotal within, experience. Within California, we were exceptional. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So my, when I went into ninth grade, there. I was I had already done trigonometry mm-hmm. in elementary school, right? And I told Miss Bennett, our math teacher, mm-hmm. um, that I was I maybe I had done already done algebra two, and I was ready for trigonometry. And she's like, "You can't do trigonometry. You're just not. I don't think you're ready for it." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I did it in my school." She's like, "I don't think that you." are old enough to do trigonometry. You're not emotionally mature enough to do mm-hmm. trigonometry. Uh, trigonometry is where they teach you how to shoot and pee. <laughs> I was like, bitch, give me the test. And I, she was like, okay, fine, you're ready. You know, So nice. I was way ahead. And I was not unique in Maryland. Yeah, I was just one of the kids that were like, a bunch of kids were, were like me. But in Ferndale, I was the, me and uh, Nick... Our friend Nick were the only ones that uh, were. I know the Nick you're talking about, by okay. <laughs> but the only ones that had you know any sort of math skills, and then yeah. we ended up having to go to the College of the Redwoods for calculus because they didn't even offer it in our high school. Damn. So sorry, not to, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, um, but I am. I was. I could identify with what what he was saying that California is, and you and I know this. We talk about it all the time. Our schools suck. Yeah, they had some of the lowest test scores in the entire nation. We we hold ourselves up as this shining example. But as, we spend twice as much as every other state. But that's not enough, Matt. The only way to get the kids smarter is by spending even more. Even more. Right? And that's what we, we learned. What Time, we need is more administration. That uh, will do need, it. We need, yeah, a, we need equity. a top-heavy administrative yes. bureaucracy that will tackle these problems. Yes, we need more offices, offices of student equity and uh lunchtime therapy and (laughs) math inclusion exactly so is this intentional or is it the strong men make for good times or is it intentional or is it just the scenario that we're in or are they actually deliberately trying to destroy california in order to make everyone dumb because these dumb people are very easy to manipulate because they're like the the people that you see eating the fast food and and taking in the fast it's media it's that one right yeah that's what i think it is too because it is really important that they can control us otherwise how are they ever going to stay in power has How is Gavin Newsom ever going to win an election if he's not in total control of the people? He's not providing anything good for the people, and that all he's doing is creating poverty and then telling people that the reason that you're in poverty is because no one cares about you, but I do, and I'll give you more money. So let's create more poverty, bring in more immigrants, bring in more uh, – import more poverty by removing – Industry, removing energy, re- making it harder to work, making it harder to build a home. Like, 
more and more of these this red tape in this administration just like just they, a huge wet wool blanket over they're, California. They're creating their own industry. They're creating their own jobs. They're, yeah. they're like the, uh, a perfect example is the homeless industrial complex. Yes. Which what how long was this 20 years ago at this point that Gavin Newsom as mayor of San Francisco said I'm going to end homelessness. And for those of you that haven't been to San Francisco in the last 10 years, it is horrific. It is a complete fucking debacle. It, it didn't end. It didn't end. Yeah, <laughs> much less did it end. <laughs> and then it has him touring, you know, he was down in L.A. at Skid Row, giving this interview going like, what are we doing here? Like, we got to do better. Like, He's like, I own what, this. What's, what's this? Yeah. You got a mouse in your pocket? What's this? Yeah. Shit? Like, you were, you've been in charge of this the entire time. You've been raping our state this yeah. whole time, telling us that you're going to make it better. <laughs> Everything just gets continually worse over and over and over again. So that makes me think of the World Economic Forum and the BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard companies. Because the reason I think of them is that we talk a lot about the disintegration of our culture and our America that we, we know and love. And we wonder, like, how does this happen? Why, does, why do people let this happen? And you look at the big brands that are supposed to be American brands, and they, it seems like they're participating in the same destruction. They are. And, and that's so when people see, and the right has fallen for this bait so horrifically, it's embarrassing to watch. So I thought back to this is like, what, what, what's the current thing right now? It's, it's Target and it's Bud Light and it's uh, North Face. It's these crazy like fringe, like woke commercials. And then you watch the stock tank. And then the right celebrates. They go like, yeah, we showed them. Look at that. Look at the stock, you know, fall. It's just plummeting. Like, we yeah. did, good job, guys. Like, it, it's happening. Like, these companies do not care. Right. Like, it's, this is being done by design. There is a bigger picture that you need to look at. I think that it's a, if you look at it in a, with a war analogy, like, it's like battles are being won, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Sure. But the war is not over. Well, it sends a cultural. And you don't want to give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. After you win a battle, like there's still a war to fight. Well, I think the right is celebrating the cultural message of like, yeah, we made them suffer. I was like, there is a level above this that I don't think that people, most people, are, are aware of. So this whole thing with BlackRock began with a letter from the UN by someone named uh, Kofi Annan, who wrote a letter to all the largest companies in the world, saying like, this. Ties into the ESG scores. You look into this at all? Like, we talked about this a lot. This is your environmental social governance score. And what they do is they attribute a score that is beholden to these, basically, a woke agenda. And they take that score and they give a corporation that Mm -hmm. specific score. So it's like 0 to 100, I think, is what it is. Anything over over 70 is considered good to invest in. And so BlackRock, who manages over and, and just to clarify yep. considered good to invest in doesn't mean that you'll get a return on not, your money not, not in terms of fiduciary <laughs> responsibility no but according to this esg score yes of what is what is very different things yes and in fact a lot of lawsuits are coming out right now yeah. suing them for not doing their yeah. fiduciary responsibility and instead using esg yeah and blackrock and Vanguard, which are out. interrelated like very tightly but blackrock larry fink are basically have become the gate te- gatekeepers for this ESG score, right? And because they have 
what what they do, Larry Fink in 2021, I think of October, wrote a letter to all the largest corporations. The first letter was from Kofi Annan, who wrote it from the UN. He's like, here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, you know, it's going to be for climate. It's going to be for like social justice. And then Larry Fink took that letter, put his own spin on it, and says like, yes, this is what we're doing. Because when the UN writes a letter to all these largest corporations, they're like, okay, this is which way the wind is blowing, but there's no money on the table, right? Like, we don't get money from the UN. But when Larry Fink does it from BlackRock, because they manage over $10 trillion of assets, but they're the largest company in the world. So when you look at, like, who controls the world, like, it's BlackRock. They own, like, a share in everything. And they also have the access to the Federal Reserve. Larry Fink wrote this letter to all these companies, you know, and it's right on point when we started seeing like all these like woke commercials. I thought back to it. Mm-hmm. Remember what the original one was? Original woke commercial? Yeah. With like the with like the turning point when you saw a commercial, you're like, who are they who is this aimed towards? Like who is like this this seems to like completely miss what their customer base is. I had to think back to this. And it was really interesting when it hit me. Because I remember seeing that. I'm like, wow, that is that doesn't seem like they're hitting their customer base. At For all. you to see a commercial at all is pretty Well, no. I, I heard about the commercial. I listened <laughs> to the audio. <laughs> uh, no. Well, uh, remember the original Gillette commercial? It was like uh, coming out. And it was basically. You know, I never saw that. I, I kept hearing about I it. I did see it. And okay. it was basically the whole tone of the commercial was against masculinity. I'm all. Oh yeah, selling yes. razors to men. Yeah, Gillette, like Gillette, the best a man can get. <laughs> it's like, and they had this commercial saying like, they had like kids like wrestling, and they're like, no, don't. That's not how we solve problems. You know, like boys being boys, and the whole notion of like a boys' club and like guys hanging out. It was like a complete, yeah. like demonization. It of, was the first one that went like way too far. Yeah, and then it went Gillette. Uh, Pepsi-Cola, Coca-Cola, and now here we are, you know, two years later mm-hmm. with uh, Target and... Bud Light. Bud Light. Miller Light. Miller Light, North Face. Yeah. Is what happens is the short side of view is Bud Light lost, uh, what was it, $6 billion in revenue. I think actually $9 billion. Target lost, one of them lost six, one of them lost nine in like one week, right? Because their stock price plummeted. Is you don't realize like, they have a deal with BlackRock because BlackRock wrote this letter, Larry Fink did, and said, like, if you want access to us and we control everything because we are the ones that are going to buy a certain amount of shares or whatever in the long term, is you have to be beholden to these ESG rules. And the companies that don't do that, like, you will suffer. Like, we will play. So if you are a startup, and you don't have right. access to BlackRock, which has access to the Federal Reserve, you're fucked. Like, right. You're not getting your company off the ground. Right, which is why the, for one, the biggest enemy of these giant corporations, like we were saying earlier, are mom and pop shops, or, or you doing your own thing in your backyard, which is not economically viable, but mom and pop shops. And that's is why it a coincidence a f- that that's who was destroyed during COVID? I was just going to say. <laughs> right? So that's... The biggest enemy to them. Correct. But if you decide that you don't want to drink Bud Light anymore and you go to Coors Light instead, do you think these guys care? Do not give a shit. Here's a little, I'm just going to do a little thing here. Give me a company like that everyone knows, like a, it's probably publicly traded. Just pick, um, 
a name out of the hat. I'm going to tell you who the biggest shareholders are of that company. Uh, General Electric. Now, do something a little bit more obscure. Oh, okay. Um, but still well-known. Let me see here Um, Help me out Okay, let's say uh, Now, I I don't have this keyed up But let's just like Ford? Okay, well yeah, Ford would be be one Yeah, but um, Okay, so Biggest shareholders of Ford We're going to go with uh, Vanguard Which is BlackRock well, no, they're different companies. Okay. For, uh, Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street are the three biggest investment okay. firms, and they're all this, they're the ESG. But they are, yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is they're the same company within this paradigm. Exactly. Right. All right. Uh, pick, pick another one. Like, um, uh, who makes this TV? JVC. BlackRock. Um, I mean, literally every company I've, I did this experiment before cause I didn't want it to fail on the podcast, but I went through like all sorts of weird companies like lumber companies yep. and, um, like Makita and just like it, it, all these different companies. Every time it's either Vanguard, BlackRock or State Street. Right. The point is that, and they're all on each other's board of directors, by the way. Yes, and that's the uh, so the, they, the integrate the integration of uh, what uh, Charlie Robinson calls it something. It's like the um, it's the overlapping board of directors model or something like that. And it's like right. when you see every company go and do the same thing, it's like well, it's all the same people on the same boards. There's a reason why the guy, you know, the the guy on the board of the directors of General Electric is also on the board of Mitsubishi because they have the same meetings over and over. And they go like, this is what we're doing now. Right. Yeah. So you can boycott Bud Light, but unless you're going to, I was about to say Lagunitas, but they're kind of, you know what? (laughs) Who are the biggest shareholders of Lagunitas? Uh, Lagunitas, which is a very popular beer here and which was a huge brewery in here in Northern California. They were bought by Anheuser-Busch, was it? Who owns Bud Light, I believe. So Heineken bought them. Heineken, sorry. So maybe um, better search is Heineken. I have no idea how to spell that, but the internet will help. Um, it looks like they're kind of they're not private, uh, but the the biggest shareholders are not BlackRock. And anyways, my point is, unless you go from Bud Light to a local brewery, if you're going from Bud Light to Coors Light or Miller Light or whatever, you are still in, you're not boycotting anyone. You're just shifting your chips right. from one pile to another pile. Right. Which is why these guys don't really It's like care. being in Vegas, like, this table's feeling unlucky. I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, the and house beer, always wins. The house always wins. And beer is an easy one for people to shift from. Yep. So I got all pissed off the other day when my beloved Oakland A's fired Dwayne Kuyper mm-hmm. for accidentally saying the magic word mm-hmm. on the air. And it's like, what am I going to do? Go like be a Braves fan yeah. or go root for the Giants? I can't do that, right? Yeah. So beer is something that you can easily switch from. But even in in that, like the, the best case scenario, you, are you going to switch from Bud Light to Pliny the Elder? <laughs> 
Like it's just <laughs> people that drink Bud Light. If you're drinking Bud Light, I'm, I, I can't get inside your head to begin with. It's <laughs> I don't know your your choice of beer is going to be another beer that's owned by, by, by these yep. these corporations. Yep. So why are they? You know why are they doing this in the first place? Mm-hmm. Right? What is their actual goal here? This was and my it, question when I first started hearing about ESG and people like Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown did a great does a lot of deep dives on this, but I never got to, I was like, but why, like, why is this happening? It's, it's obvious. It's, it's obvious to me at this point that it's very coordinated and orchestrated. All these companies are on board. It's all being done. Okay. Now I'm finding about this other level. You Larry Finks, your state streets, your vanguards, your BlackRock. but why are they doing this? And then you start connecting these people to the world economic forum, which Larry Fink is a part of. And you go like, okay, there's something, this is a cultural shift that they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. It's forced behavior modification. It has nothing to do with business. You start reading about stakeholder capitalism, right? right? It's about, it's, it's, I know this sounds clunky and conspiratorial, but it's the implementation of a subjugation of a population. There's a fucking hard sentence to say. <laughs> it's communism. It's communism. Is it is. They're trying, it's it's trying. It's, well, it's a complete compliance of a population. It's a new form of communism, but yeah, it is communism. Look at all the things that are coming out right now. Air travel, yep. Travel in general. They're they're saying that the new form of vacation travel is going to be virtual. <laughs> yeah, buddy. You're not going to be. It's going to be demonized to travel anymore yeah. we already know it's demonized to use gasoline and drive your your truck anywhere california just put in uh they're trying to pass legislation that will tax drivers by the mile right yeah so that's what that's what the goal is and don't take my word for it here's larry fink himself talking about it you you now make a point of that's that's an investment criteria for you well behaviors are going to have to change and this is one thing we're going to we're asking companies uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Uh, 54% of the incoming class are women. We, we added four more points in terms of diverse uh, employment this year. And it, if it, it, you know, what we are doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact, it, your compensation could be impacted. I just had a, uh, a Toya Yamaguchi fantasy. okay we're doing the same and so it's just another great liberty tree shirt behaviors and if you don't force behaviors whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team you're going to be impacted and that's not just not recruiting it is development as ken said and ultimately it's still going to take time but i am just as much shocked as Ken is, that we have not seen more opportunities, and we're going to have to force change. The, the point Triple being and- of that is, is you look at that guy, like, do you think he gives two flying fucks about diversity or gender equality or social justice? I think he said what his intention was in the beginning. Yeah. He but, wants to force change. But I think your average NPC dummy who, you know, uses 10%, you know, 2% of their brain, sees that and goes like, yeah, I think he just cares about people. I'm like, no, 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 no. 
he cares about compliance and subjugation of an entire population. Of course. And he's working for someone else. Like, this guy is not actually not at the top of the heap. Do you think he's a fan of the free market? No. No. A free market means that it's a level playing field. Right. That you do not have government favoritism. That you don't get to have the government shut down businesses during a cold, bad cold year. Mm-hmm. In favor of big businesses. By the way, they, they just approved the final, uh, not to derail you, but they just approved the clinical trial and now to go to market for an aerosolized COVID spray. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you can just spray it in your face like that aerosol sun spray that, people, that moms spray in their fucking kids' faces <laughs> at soccer practice. <laughs> Dude, I hope they like. I'm doing this because I love my son. Oh God, lady, we're gonna see crop dusters come down and spray in the. Chip. And this is what we always talk about. It's like we go. I'm saying no to the shot. Uh, it's a mosquitoes now. Like, oh, uh, we're, we're kind of fucked. It's just like now it's aerosolized. You're like, at some point, we're like, I just, I, I, what are we gonna do? The I do. When I was a kid in Maryland, out of out of the beach there, they would fly over. The whole, all of Delaware and Maryland yeah. in crop dusters and spray for mosquitoes. First tour I went on, we played a house party in in Houston. I walked out in the street and a truck drove by, just spraying, <laughs> like sprayed right over me. I'm like, what is that? It's like, ah, oh, it's for the mosquitoes. I'm like, oh God, dude, what is in my lungs right now? So crazy. Um, It's funny because the way that- And that's they- how I became vaccinated. <laughs> That's why you're so healthy. The way that they are willing to destroy all of our businesses, because it's the state of America now, and I think the world at large, is that a lot of damage happened during COVID. Correct. It was unnecessary. Yep. They all know that. We know that. I'm not sure that your average NPC knows that, but they just didn't care. It was kind of like the general's in World War One, who just threw, they all of a sudden in World War One had access to millions of people. It wasn't like wars before where you had to get people kind of, you either had to pay them or get them yeah. like signed up to go to war. And World War One is like, no, you are our subject now. Thank you, democracy. And we're going to go to war. You all have to fight. Which they're doing in Ukraine right now. Yes, that's, and... Yeah, I'm not going to get into it, but that is an yeah. advent of democracy, right. by the way, not monarchy. In monarchy, you couldn't just tell everyone to go to war. Zelensky also suspended all elections. Until the well, in the name of democracy, Matt. Yeah, yeah ob- you have to do that. Yeah. In a democracy, you have to suspend elections it's in order just, to make sure it, that... It's it's much like uh, all the other systems, like much like the uh, homeless industrial complex. They, they just need a little bit more money. We're at $124 billion and just an additional $6 billion because of an accounting error that we just sent over there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. God. So it's it just – it's to me – like, so these – they're just wasting our – they're wasting us, and we – there's nothing that we can do about it. And then what is people's reaction? It's like what what is the only option? And you – I think you've expected this expressed this sentiment before on the podcast. It's like, I'm just going to check out. All right. I don't want government in my life. I don't need your corporate stores. I'm going to go up on top of a mountaintop and I'm going to grow my own food and I'm going to be self-sufficient. And I want you just to leave me the fuck alone. 
And it's like, do you want all of us to do that? Do you want us all to become Randy Weaver? Yeah. They do.